Welcome to CrimeWire, a program dedicated to bringing attention to unsolved crimes and educating the public about various types of crimes and how to avoid becoming a victim. If you'd like to submit a case to CrimeWire or suggest a topic for a future show, please email us at denny at dennisngriffin.biz. That's denny at dennisngriffin.biz. You can also like us on Facebook at The New Crime Wire. If you have a question or comment for today's guest, please call in at 646-478-0982, or you can join us in the discussion in our chat room. On April 30, 2011, Kevin Griffin called 911 to his apartment in Villarica, Georgia, stating his girlfriend, then 22-year-old Samantha Sutton, was on the floor and unresponsive. Responding medical personnel were unable to revive her, and she was pronounced dead. A subsequent autopsy determined her death was caused by an accidental drug overdose. However, Samantha's mother, Dee Sutton, doesn't buy that and believes she has the evidence to prove it. My name is Denny Griffin, and on today's show, my co-host, Delilah Jones of ImaginePublicity.com, and I are joined by Dee Sutton to discuss Samantha's case. Dee, welcome back to CrimeWire. Thank you, Danny, for having me back. Uh, before we get into uh, some new developments in the case, please tell us about Samantha. What was going on in her life prior to that April 30th? Samantha had been in trouble from an early age with people that she was hanging out with in Carroll County. Um who seem to never have consequences for their illegal actions. Um, She believed she was set up at 18 years old by a guy that had been exploiting her from past and giving her drugs and alcohol and whatever. But anyway, uh, she had been in the Carroll County Jail for months in fact, two different stint, long stints of time from um, up until a few weeks prior to her death. And her, um, she was put in a rehab, and she had been clean for close to, if not over, 10 months. Uh, she had written... Griffin, um, a letter asking him to leave her alone and let her get through the six months or whatever. I'm just kind of paraphrasing. But some reason, however, and I have a lot of theories, but uh, the GBI report states that Kevin Griffin carried drugs to Samantha's rehab, and it was a court-ordered rehab. He violated the law by even, I think, being there with drugs. But anyway, um, consequently, she left um, after she was told they were going to call the police and Susan Alexander, who was the coordinator of the drug court program in Carroll County, um, The next thing you know, within like 
left about two weeks. Um, that's when I got the call Saturday morning stating my daughter had had an accident. <laughs> Let me uh, let me stop, let me stop you let me stop you there, Dee, before we go on. I got a couple of questions to ask. Um, you say Sam had done a couple of relatively long stints uh, in the jail. Uh, were they drug related charges or what? They they resulted from the first arrest. They were um, they were violations of her probation and but. It, both times, all three times, but both times uh, that she was picked up in Carroll County, she was picked up at Kevin Griffin's mother's house, and his mother made the statement to me that she made sure that they didn't pick uh, Kevin up. So Kevin was on probation also for drug-related okay, I, I will- I'll get into him and I'll get into him in a minute. But uh, the uh, and you mentioned that Sam had had gone into a rehab uh, facility, and then Kevin showed up, uh, presumably with drugs uh, in his possession. Um, and before the cops were called uh, to to come to the facility. Um, Kevin and Sam left, and Sam's leaving violated her conditions of release from the jail, right? Her probation or whatever she was on. In other words, she left the drug rehab, uh, shall I say, illegally without the permission of the court. Yes. Okay. Uh, And you mentioned that back when Sam was 18 or so, she was... uh, being given, supplied with alcohol and drugs. Was that also by Kevin Griffin? Uh, that was by the one that Kevin Griffin had said that she, um, that he gave Kevin permission to uh, date Sam. And it was the guy that, there's records from uh, LJ, Georgia, where this guy had Samantha, she was 15, um, the first time. And um, he left the mountain with her. Um, At 17, um, he was involved in dropping her off at Tanner Medical Center in Haraldson County. And she lay in ICU three, four I think four or five days uh, from drugs and overdosing when her dad threatened to put her in a rehab. Okay, so now before I before I interrupt, him. go ahead. And before I interrupted you, we were talking about April thirtieth, and you receiving the phone call that Sam had had an accident. Let's pick it back up there and continue on about uh, about that phone call and what happened after that. Okay. After the phone call um, that I was told that she'd had an accident and it didn't look good and that she was leaving in an ambulance um, from Kevin's, and I had asked the officer about 
Kevin being arrested or whatever. Um, he said, your daughter's dead. So I, of course, freaked out, and he started asking me all these questions, and I told him I needed to get off the phone. He wanted her dad's number, and I told him I'd call her dad, and I hung up, called her dad, and told him that Samantha was on the way to Tanner Medical Center in Carrollton, um, and they're saying she was dead. And um, he took off up there, and he lives 15, 20 minutes away from um, the, the hospital. So the best timeline I can say, he arrived... Uh, around 12, 20, uh, 12, 30, to Tanner Medical Center, they carried him, two armed guards carried him, or two guards from the hospital carried him into the morgue. Uh, Samantha's body, supposed body, Samantha was not even triaged. She wasn't even pronounced. She wasn't even looked at upon arrival. She was stuck in the morgue and at Tanner Medical Center in Carrollton. And her dad identifies her body. He held her. He was holding her in his arms. She was warm. She was not cold, stiff, mottled, blood pulled back with lividity. She was warm. He thought she would wake up any minute. He was crying and praying and holding her. and um, They made him leave finally. And when I got there, they refused to allow me to see her. They were so cold. We were not, she wasn't prepared or anything. Uh, her dad wasn't prepared. There was there was no grief counselors. There was nobody there to uh, give us any information. No officers. No nothing. Nobody. The coroner. Uh, nobody. And um, we found out through records that Sam Eady is stating at the same time this is happening in Carrollton, that he's taking photos of Sam's decomposing body in Villarica, Georgia, the same day, the same time. Uh, Dee, let me, let me stop you right there for a minute. Uh, so what's happened is you get the phone call and, and, uh, and you're, you're obviously upset, freaking out, I think is what you said. Uh, yeah. Sam's Sam's dad goes to the hospital, and he's escorted into the morgue to view Sam's body, which he does. Mm-hmm. He actually holds her. Uh, so we have, I think, they're pretty solid confirmation of Sam's location at that time. And yes. then apparently, uh, you later learn that the uh, this Edie guy, he's the coroner, right? The, the coroner, Sam Eady. Yeah, he is. He is stating 
that he's taken at the exact same time he's in a different location with Sam's body. Mm-hmm. Not, not taking miles photos. Away. Nineteen miles away. That's quite photos. a quite a trick if you can do it. We'll get back to that in just a minute. I but uh, I I think before we continue on we you ought to tell the audience a little bit more about Mr. Griffin. And by the way, he's no relation to me. Um, <laughs> about Kevin and whether or not, you know, was he a kind of a spoiled brat type kid? Was he connected? Did the family have influence? Um, was he a generally kind of a bad guy? Tell us a little bit about him. Okay. Kevin Griffin's dad, uh, to my understanding, is, and may still be, was, and may still be, the CEO of Southwire, which is uh, over a block long, probably uh, huge, um, in Carrollton. It's, uh, it is, um, they make all of the wire for, like, Georgia Power, EMC. It's, um, a very big, influential company. Um, Kevin's mother lives in Fairfield Plantation. Kevin was in Fairfield Plantation. Uh, It appears that it was a timeshare. It wasn't his residence. But anyway, it's what they gave as their residence, him and his roommate. Um, Kevin was according to people that have known him for years, he was a spoiled brat. He still lived with his mother. Um, When him and Sam was in an accident, he freaked out. They called me, and he didn't have any license. He was not supposed to be driving. He had had a DUI. He was on probation for drugs, and uh, the big baby was crying, and the courts took care of it, Sam got new charges because he talked her into getting into the driver's seat. Um, so, so to take himself off the hook, he put Sam in jeopardy by by having her get behind the wheel. Over and over and over. And uh, they were sued, and the lawsuit was still ongoing after Sam died. But uh, when I called the court up there and let them know that Kevin was driving, and the reports, witnesses said Kevin was driving, well, he got her more charges. She goes back to jail, and uh, he got her more charges because there was no insurance in the vehicle. Uh, There was no... uh, she didn't have her license on her. She had license, but she didn't have them on her and blah, blah, blah. So she got more charges, and and uh, they wouldn't even let me in the court. They changed it when they found out I was coming, and they closed it. They wouldn't let me in. And, of course, uh, <clears throat> we wouldn't pay the fines. Uh, Dee, can you hold on? I, I think from based on just what you said so far that we can safely assume that at least as far as your opinion uh, Kevin Griffin was not a particularly nice guy Um, does that kind of sum it up okay (laughs) Uh, 
I see we have a caller on the line, Dee. Do you want to uh, do you want to take that call now and see if there's a question or comment for you? That's sure. up to you. Okay. Hello, caller from area code nine one two. You're on the air. Do you have a question? I guess not. <laughs> okay, False it could alarm. be someone just listening. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay, uh, Dee, we'll uh, we'll continue here now. After so, anyway, after in the days following April thirtieth, you started. Uh, you weren't completely satisfied with this accidental overdose ruling. And you started gathering information. Yeah. Okay. But you started gathering information as to what happened. I uh, include- asked her dad that day, go get the reports. Um, I think, let's see, I think on the 3rd he met with Jackson Lawrence at the Carroll County before, prior to her burial. Um I think even possibly before her body was released from the GBI, um, I told him immediately to go get the reports from West Georgia Ambulance, Tanner Medical Center, uh, the coroner. I began to call the GBI and the coroner. Um, Yes, I, I started immediately getting records because of the history of that had happened. Samantha had um, a civil rights attorney at the time. Just so people know, GBI is the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, and they handled the autopsy. Am I correct? Uh, they they have a report stating that they did okay. the autopsy. Okay. Okay. Uh, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but uh, GBI, no, I knew what it meant, but I, some of the audience yeah. might not. Yeah, so we did, and her dad had gone, and that's how I know there's um, different reports, is her dad had gone to um, different places and gotten their records, like from the Firefield Fire Department, first responders. He got Steve Moreland and uh, the other guys statements and he went and got West Georgia Ambulance's report and that's how we knew that there were two different West Georgia Ambulance reports because the one that came from the sheriff's office has a different PCR number and has um, a little bit of a different narrative. How how did that happen? Does anybody know? (laughs) Well, I I was trying to do word processing stuff uh, when um, when I was sending you that stuff where you got that bad video from Carroll County where it crashed your computer. Um, mm-hmm. I I was scanning stuff into my computer and uh, looking at it, and I was I don't know how I did it. Um, I do a lot of things that I can't do again, can't figure out. But anyway, (laughs) I found out that West Georgia Ambulance's 
record was not secure. You know, my sister taught me when we first started this that I have to put stuff in different files, like you have to put it in a... um, Anyway, so it's secure. Nobody can go in and change your document. Right. They they had not done that with Sam's medical records. And the sheriff's office had not done it, it appears, with their records. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. The the sheriff's office, they were the handling law enforcement agency that was involved? Carroll County Sheriff's Office. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so uh, I called West Georgia Ambulance and wanted the different reports after her dad had that one. And um, they said there was only one report. Well, of course, they weren't being totally up front, but a, I, your guess is as good as mine. I assume since it came from the sheriff's department, maybe they changed it. I don't think it's legal, but I do have both copies. Yeah, it, it seems to me if someone falsified a report or issued a second report uh you know, to, to supersede the first report or something, that seems a little bizarre to me. And it, if it was done, whoever did it should own up to it and state why they did it. That apparently isn't the case here. Um, so it, when did you first notice uh, Mr. Eady's report uh, that Sam was in two different places at the same time, allegedly? Well, um you know, that's just been happening more and more. I mean, it was in the back of my mind, but I didn't really search it out. After you, you and I did the first thing, and when Eleven Alive interviewed me, and she asked for the contradiction, and um, anyway, she wanted me to write down all of this stuff and research it and stuff and when I really got into it and I found out um, Barry Barry Maxwell is an officer in Georgia that has been working with with me um, up until this 11 Alive thing well Jessica Knowles wanted all this stuff so I start learning how I got Scott Hamilton with Cold Case Justice and Barry to try to give me the dates and times of the photos because I couldn't find them in any of the reports from the um, coroner's office and or from um, the GBI. So I learned to go into the properties and pull up the times and dates and blah, blah, blah. So... Sam Eady took his photos, uh, the disc and number was DSC0018, and there are two different uh, reference numbers. Uh, One, I got the CD from uh, Sam Eady, 
and it was number C11-060, and the one that uh, Regina Anderson got was number C11061. Well, you know, I looked at the photos and looked at them and blah, 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 and I, I never saw any differences until I went into the properties. For some reason, um, these photos show that they were taken on um, April the 30th, the ones of Sam decomposing. They were taken on April the 30th. Well, um, the Times 225 was when he was taking the marbling of her feet. At 2:24, he took one of her of her face. There's one where you can see a bruise on her left breast, really dark bruise, um, which I can't see in the ones that were taken from the GBI. Um, but the point is, is that when we went into the properties on the other CD. The time was 12.24, 12.25, and it said that it was modified on that date and time. Hmm. That's an yeah. interesting discovery for sure. Yeah, uh, and I Jean, started taking so, a look. Go ahead. I was just going to say, while while this is going on, as you're researching and, and gathering information and going over the information, um, I'm assuming there was no active law enforcement investigation. It was the Carroll County Sheriff wasn't doing anything because the death had been ruled an accidental overdose. So, Well, no. So I'm, yes, I know. No. no, because, okay. see... They did nothing in the beginning. Kevin admitted right. they did nothing in the beginning. Kevin admitted that on the 911 calls, by the way, that were not given to me in the first open records request either from the Carroll County Sheriff's Office or the DA's office. So uh, there was only like six plus minutes of the 911 calls and there was no further, like on the report and stuff. Well, when Paige Roberts was looking into them, there's 60 plus minutes. I have several different CDs with lots more. Even where Sam was breathing was withheld. And I found out that uh, Kevin Griffin admitted he carried Sam to Douglasville. He admitted that she met with somebody and bought heroin. He admitted that he watched her shoot it up in his vehicle and throw the needles, according to their records, out the window. Um, when they when they supposedly searched his room, Kevin had already admitted to Jackson Lawrence and Young and, and the first responders that he cleaned up the room, he moved the bed. You can see in the photos he made up the bed. I mean, this man was just the rag tied around her arm when the first responders get get in there, disappeared. Uh, 
he admitted he lied to the officers. Um, he violated Georgia law by being in joint possession, and it is a felony of heroin or any drug, whatever was in her. She was found, and he knew him and his roommate and everybody there knew that my daughter needed treatment. They did not get her treatment. And when you're in the commission of a felony, especially drugs, he should have been charged with her death if she was indeed dead at that time. And uh, you cannot remove a body that's decomposing from a crime scene or from any scene prior to calling the coroner and prior to the coroner going out and doing his investigation and inquiring of the people there what happened and blah, blah, blah. Do you know that he didn't even have the information um, when Kevin found her or anything on his coroner's report, and his coroner's report states she was found dead. And then his uh, his death certificate report says she died in the hospital. And there's, when I went through all of the things that I got, a lot of it last year, from Tanner Medical Center and from the state and everything, uh, one of uh, one of the copies of the death certificate says that she died at the hospital as an outpatient. The other one shows she died at the hospital as an inpatient. So there's two different uh, death certificates. Two different copies of death certificates. Only one was filed, and the one that was filed with the state and Carol Malone said that it's illegal. To not be signed, and so has a lot of other people. But Sam Eady signed it online, reportedly. Um, the death certificates signed and sealed by the state register and the Carroll County um, custodian. Um, it's it's a signed and sealed death certificate, and it it wasn't even signed. There's, there, boy, there's an awful lot here. Uh, it, I don't know how you're able to keep track of it. it uh, but so, Mr. Griffin, although there were all these issues, such as him uh, possibly modifying the, the death scene, uh, maybe removing evidence, uh, lying to officers, the issue with the drugs, felony drugs, um, and yet he was not arrested. Is that is that what happened? He, he was not arrested yes, at the scene, he was or not afterwards? arrested. And not only was he not arrested, my son and myself called his probation officer, and the first question his probation officer asked me was, "Where did they carry him?" In other words, I know they arrested him. Where did they carry him? Well, do you know? Not only did uh, he not get arrested. His probation officer didn't pull his probation. And the first, the um, public copy of the report that came from the Carroll County Sheriff's Office had it checked that 
her death wasn't drug related. Excuse it was me? not drug related. Not, not drug related. Not drug related. And me and my sister asked them if that was a typo. They laughed. <laughs> um, well, Dee, on that on that death certificate that says it was not drug related, what did they list as the cause of death? Uh, mixed drug toxicity. Hmm. What does that mean, Dee? Are you familiar with that? Mixed drug toxicity. It uh, means I was that there was. To- a- Oh, okay. Well, it's, you know, it, it just shows that the toxicology reports came back with mixed drug, uh, toxic drugs, but yet she's saying that it's it's listed on there that it was not drug-related. So yeah. why would there be such a discrepancy there if that was listed <laughs> as the cause of death? There's many, many, many discrepancies that are just in your face. I mean, and... That got me to the one of the main points that I wanted to discuss, okay? I think I just said that Dr. Sperry had told me on a phone consultation with Don Diedrich and Angelique McClendon. Don Diedrich is the attorney for the GBI, and I received a letter from her several months ago. Um, Angelique McClendon was an ADA for the state attorney's office in in Atlanta, in Georgia. And there was other people on the consultation. Well, when I asked uh, Dr. Sperry if Samantha had suffered, he said, no, no, she would have died within three to four minutes of the shot. And I said, I knew then that she was not dead on the 29th, okay, or the 30th. Okay, so uh, she would have died within three to four minutes of the shot. And I said, well, can you tell me she gave herself that shot? And he said, oh, no, no, I can't say that. And I said, well, uh, can you tell me if it was an accidental, you know, overdose? Was, Was it an accident? And he said, oh, no, I can't tell you that. So their own chief medical examiner cannot tell me that, but they ruled it as an accident. How how do how would I believe that? I mean, I don't believe them. Okay, so then I find out um, because I have the reports from the GBI, some of them by now. And I have the reports from the sheriff's office and the DA's office. Okay. So then I find out through another open records request to the GBI right after um, our phone consultation that there's a CD and that's how I got the photos from the GBI and that's how I got the quantitation reports where they did all the testing on all the blood. And I find out that blood came from different sources and only the blood from um, only the blood from the GBI that Dr. Eason supposedly drew or heart blood and whatever. Okay, so only that blood was not even in the report 
but the blood that Mike LaBoy brought to them on the third, they tested that blood, and that's what was in the toxicology report that was given to um, the DA's office and the Carroll County Sheriff's Office. So, well, wouldn't there be a wouldn't there be a chain of custody for all of the different blood samples that they used? There has to be, but there is not. And I have the originals that are stamped in red, the original copies sent from the GBI that were certified. You know, they were telling me these are their copies. So, in in the second one, there was. Uh, there was only four different things, and it was Celexa, cocaine, tetramethyl, and morphine. And when I got the um, quantitation report, there was alprazolam, cocaine, benz, morphine, um, let's see, tetramethyl, which is diazepam, mepivacaine, salutopram, nalorphine, codeine, caffeine, morphine, and cocaine. Well, cocaine was already, I'm, I'm rereading the second line, sorry. But, yeah, there was like seven, eight, nine things in her system. Well, I figured out that the drug cocktail that would have killed her, and I didn't only figure that out, uh, Carol Malone, with um, cold case justice, Carol Malone told me that that shot would have burst her heart and it would have killed her within three to four minutes. Immediately it would have killed her. So that agrees with what the doctor told you, that after the shot, three, three to three four to minutes. Four minutes. Uh, Dee, something, there are several things, uh, you know, about this case that cry out for clarification uh, and answers. But one of the things, I just want to go back and make sure I'm correct on this because I find this extremely, it just kind of makes, uh, sends a cold chill uh, down my spine if I, if I heard right. And that is that Sam, when she was taken to the hospital where her father viewed her and held her, and she was taken immediately to the morgue. There was no effort to, uh, no triage, no nothing. She was just taken immediately into the morgue. Um, You feel there is some evidence that she was not dead at that time. And... uh, you know that that's extremely troubling to me. Am I understanding that right? That there you believe is a, a possibility well, that she was not actually dead. I believe that the GBI's photos and the GBI's report, and this is what I wanted us to get into. Okay, I did a real in-depth study, and you know I did on the twenty-six stages of death. Okay, the moment the moment of death, the heart stops. The skin gets tight and gray in color. All the muscles relax. The bladder and bowels empty. 
the body temperature drops. The skin gets purple and waxy. The lips, fingers, and toenails fade to a pale color or turn white as the blood leaves. Blood pools, leaving a dark purple stain called lividity. The hands and feet turn blue. The eyes start to sink into the skull. After four hours, rigor mortis starts to set in, and, and um, the purpling of the skin, the pooling of blood continue. Rigor mortis begins to tighten. Okay, so then, and this was a nightmare for me. This was very hard. Then I looked at those photos from the GBI, and I looked at the autopsy report. Sam's stomach was flat. She had color. I researched yesterday about moist mucous membranes. That's not just in your nose. That's throughout your whole body. There is no moisture after you die. And there is no way that she could have been given that drug cocktail if she was dead on Friday night when she took the first shot or on Saturday morning. And after they said that she was a DOA and all that stuff, and I got more of the E911 calls, they were doing CPR on my daughter and she was breathing. Yet, that officer chose to say that she was cold, stiff model, blood pool to the back. She was a DOA, 10-code dead, and they dispatched a 10-code dead. And, um, yes, I'm saying that my daughter was not dead until May the 2nd. Okay. Around the time those photos were taken. I can understand why it is difficult for you. Um, very, really very good. troubling. In addition to all the other issues, this one in particular uh, really grabs me. Um, let's 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 move on, Dee. Uh, what is the current status of the police investigation, the, the sheriff's office investigation? And what is the current status of your private investigation that you were doing? Uh, is the, the sheriff's department still working on it? Oh, no. The DA's office closed. Like I said, there was never an investigation. And as soon as they ruled it uh, an accident, uh, the DA's office, and Pete's kind of like us told me that they were, were not going to arrest Kevin and blah, 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 and that, you know, it was. Anyway. To make a long story short, um, they closed, the DA's office closed the case, supposedly. I found out through the records that it was inactive from pretty much the get-go. But um, even before, you know, they were acknowledging, they were still telling me that I couldn't get the records because the case was open. Well, that wasn't the case. But anyway, to make a long story short, the DA's office closed the case and stating a lack of evidence. Um, I found out that through the records from the GBI that they had none. They didn't have the photos from the crime scene. They didn't have uh, 
the 911 calls. They didn't have, they had not talked to anybody. They had not done any kind of investigation. Um, they didn't even have the reports from the hospital, according to their records. Um, and I have a thing saying that everything they had is on that CD, which I've sent you everything off of it. And um, it's not on there. But they closed the case, and me and my sister asked the GBI, the state attorney, the new state attorney general in Atlanta, and the rest of them, the DA's office, all of them, to reopen it because after I filed that complaint, after Regina sent that complaint to the GBI two years ago, a couple of years ago, um, in the fall, and they contacted me and her. Um, they wouldn't do anything then, so we sent a request for the GBI and all of them to relook at the case because Dr. Sperry, right after I told the GBI that Dr. Sperry had said that to me, and that's what had caused me to really start digging into this, then um, I requested them to reopen it, to, to relook at it. And I have Dawn Diedrich's letter response. She pretty much told me that, you know, as far as the GBI is concerned, this matter is closed. So there's no active investigation by any law enforcement uh, agency or the DA? No. And they're saying uh, it's not a cold case because it's closed case. Okay, Delilah. Yes. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but if no investigation is done, isn't it all likelihood that you're not going to have ample evidence? Well, it was troubling to me to hear that it was closed due to lack of evidence. And, I, I mean, I was going to throw <laughs> the question back at you was the fact that, <laughs> And okay, I have tons of evidence. <laughs> well, that's that's the point. I mean, how how long before they said, well, we don't have any evidence, so we're going to close the case? And, I mean, is it there – It was Exactly. I I mean, is there within within different jurisdictions? Is there a different time frame when they decide? Okay, we're going to close this case. Or, I mean, what? No, they what's the decided in the get go. They decided in the get go that they were not going to move forward with this case, and they needed for Dr. Eason to say that this was an accident because mm -hmm. in Georgia the law shows if it's an accident, nobody's held accountable. They never arrested Kevin, and they never intended to. They never n intended to do anything, and Pete Scandalakis made the statement to me that nothing was going to be done about Kevin, but he would be back before them, and they would get him, blah, blah, blah. Well, I told him the problem with that is, I wanted him held accountable for what he did in my daughter's case. In my daughter's well, was he ever my was he death. ever was he ever questioned or interrogated or given a polygraph or anything um, oh, within no. the context and of her case? They, because he called 
he talked to them in the beginning, and then when they gave him the um, when they gave him the copy to uh, read him as rights, kind of, sort of, uh, for them to be able to look in his room and Jackson Lawrence's statement uh, about he looked around Kevin's room and he didn't see anything indicative of drug use or whatever. I'm like, you didn't see anything because uh, somebody called Clean Sweep and they were there prior to Kevin ever even calling 911. Clean Sweep. And according to uh, Scott Hamilton, Clean Sweep and a lot of other people, uh, Clean Sweep is a cleaning company that... um, Officers have to call and get uh, them to clean up the crime scene. Right. Wait, wait a I, minute. I'm just... I, it, are you saying Clean Sweep was there before clean, Kevin called 911? Clean Sweep was Kevin's boss, and that was the van I have the guy's information because I have the accident. That was the van that he was driving that day when him and Sam had the accident. And his boss, and it's in the reports, clean sweep. And they wanted to know why the guy left uh, when the officers got there or right before the officers got there. And they said he had they had to go back to work. And it's so, in let me get the report. This. One one thing I wanted to ask you, Dee. So you're saying that Kevin worked for this crime scene cleanup company. At one point, he they they were connected. He said he just happened to drop by there to check on them. Um, okay. So yeah, and that was very disturbing to me that. Uh, there just happened to be a cleaning crew there that does crime scene cleanups prior to the officers arriving. That, that's a huge red flag. That, that's more than a coincidence. <laughs> that's a big fat red flag. <laughs> There's so uh, many of them. There's just so... It, it, it's This is like the Twilight Zone. This is like uh, nothing I have ever, ever seen in my life. Mind-boggling to me. And there's so Denny, stupidity what? to think. Go ahead. Denny, I was just going to say, what, in your professional opinion, what in the world can be done to just kind of straighten this out? Because there's so many. It's like a, a big bowl of spaghetti. We we need to take mm-hmm. every noodle out and spread it out and see where it leads before exactly. you can even figure out what happened. This is crazy. Can you imagine? Well, me and my sister would just have brain farts all the time. It was like nothing computed. And when we thought we'd figured something out, we'd get another dang record that contradicted the other one. I, I think I would um, make out a, a list, itemized list, of all the discrepancies and why they are discrepancies. Um I would also 
have the questions such as about the cleanup van guy being there uh, apparently before anybody else showed up on the scene. Uh, you know, why the room was uh, apparently modified either by the cleanup crew or by this Kevin Griffin guy. Uh, I'd list all those out to make sure I was covering every single base. I and, think we have that, and I thought I sent it to you, and I may not have. Um, I think we have okay. that in a form. Like now, That's what I was sending to um, Jessica Noel with 11 Alive. Dee, what, what is the, uh, if you know, what is the statute of limitations for a wrongful death lawsuit in Georgia? I don't think there is when they've withheld. See, they will not give me, and the hospital's telling me they just simply can't give me things that they don't have. Uh, they won't give me her um, code sheet. They will not give me. I have a whole list of things um, that you, they just do, won't do you, won't give it to me. The reason I say that, and... Uh, I, I always think back to the O.J. Simpson case where he was acquitted on the criminal charges, but the Goldman family filed a wrongful death suit and got him in for deposition. And uh, because there was no criminal charges, he couldn't take the, you know, he couldn't, didn't have the protection. He couldn't exercise Fifth Amendment. And they asked all the questions that were never addressed or That's adequately addressed during love, the criminal trial. I have trial. not been able to find an attorney to do that yet. And, how you about, know, like... How, how about legal ahead. aid? How about legal aid? Have you contacted oh, I've, them? I've contacted all of that. They won't, they won't touch this kind of thing. And attorneys, I've had a couple of attorneys that took it and looked at it and the the last guy after he saw those photos of Sam from the GBI and knew that she was not found dead she was not decomposing um, I'm telling you he he had tears in his eyes but he, he gave me her case back and he, he walked away they all do they all and have and they all do what is their reason? Do they give you a reason that they won't pursue it? Mm-mm. Nope. And you well, asked think... me how I knew my daughter wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. And I started, okay, this is how she was by the photos and by the autopsy report. The body has been refrigerated and is cool to the touch. Her face shows moist lips, color, no blanching. There, there is no rigor mortis appreciated. In other words, there wasn't any rigor mortis. After she had been dead since Friday night or Saturday morning. Uh, lips Dee, and mucous uh, membranes. Moist. I am unfortunately. You're unfortunately. Now we're getting close on time, so I I I want to get this 
last comment okay. in here before we run out. Um, I, I'm hung up on the wrongful death thing to get these people compelled under discovery to talk. Can to you see if you can help me find somebody that will do it? Well, I'd like you to research and find out if you as a private individual can file the suit. Obviously, an attorney is best, but if you file the suit, by the, you you have time then perhaps to find even a paralegal or somebody to advise you or somebody to assist you. Uh, but I, I really think that's your strongest bet. All, all these people are covering up. They claim they don't have this. They don't have that. They can't find this. Um I, I really believe. What do you think, Delilah? I, I think that would be the strongest. Uh, case I agree with for, you, for Denny. I think, outcome. yeah, at this point, there's there's not a lot of options left in in a way to to secure the information, to get the information, and the wrongful I'll death be. suit would probably accomplish that. Well, it would. I mean, I don't know how to file one, and. Um, of course, I couldn't go to the Carroll County Courthouse and file it. So I would need somebody to help me do that is what I'm saying. Why Why couldn't you go to the Carroll County Court Courthouse? Well, um, I was told by one of the officers that when I asked them how they were going to shut us up now because Sam had a civil rights attorney. He was arrested in Carroll County a few days after her death. He no longer practices, and we can't even find out why he was disbarred. So um, I was told that you have another daughter, don't you? She just went to court in Carroll County about within the last couple of weeks. I went up there the first time. um, I felt like him telling me, I have another daughter, don't you? When I asked him how he was going to shut us up. Um, that was a threat, and I called the FBI and told them I felt like it was a threat. Nobody has done anything. The FBI went in Carroll County to look to talk to Sam. There was an FBI agent that had talked with Sam and me several times. They know the corruption. They know what was going on in Sam's case. And my daughter was a threat to them. Okay, and Dee, unfortunately, we're, have... we, we're, we're, we're right out of time, uh, so okay. I'm going to have to sign off here. Uh, thank you so much for being with us and updating us on Samantha's case, which I find very disturbing. Thanks also to our listeners. Until the next time, stay safe. Thank Bye-bye. you, Danny. Bye. You're welcome.